Thank you, Jesus. So, um, you know, we, we've already kind of said this a little bit, I think, this morning, but, um, you know, when we come together like this, and I've said this before on a Sunday morning or anything that we do as a church, this is not a religious gathering. It's not a, you know, religious thing. This is a life thing. You know, we talked about family and about our life, but, but really, you know, when we come together, for those of us who are Christians, we identify with Jesus Christ. You know, we've, we've come together and we say we've accepted him as Lord and Savior. We're the body of Christ, just as the, as the Bible says. So it's just so important for us to just keep that in mind, that it's not, you know, the Lord just showed me that when I was a young Christian, that we put everything in categories a lot of times in our life. You know, our work, our home, our family, and then we have church. But it's not a category. It's everything. It's, 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 who, it's, it's our life. It's, it's who we are. So um, we just need to keep that in mind. But when we think about the church um, and what we're doing here this morning, we have to ask ourselves, why, why do we meet like this? Why, why does the church come, come together like this? And we could give a lot of different reasons, but the Bible makes it pretty clear why we come together. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on forward uh, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And other translations in verse 24 where it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on. Some translations use the word provoke, how we may, how we may provoke one another. Some say encourage. Some say motivate. It says how we may stimulate. And this is the one I like. It says how we may stir one another up. And, um, you know, that's really, you know, what, what we're doing here, you know, and again, the Paul describes the, the church as a body, as a physical body. You know, the hands, the eyes, the head, the feet, you know, all those different things. But even though we are many members, the, the Bible says we are one body, and we, we are the body of Christ. But, you know, the, the Bible makes it crystal clear we need to encourage one another. And that's one of the things, you know, Brandon was sharing, you know, how we get involved in people's lives. And that's one of the things that I want to do. I want to encourage people. And, and just tell them, you can make this. You, you, can, you can do this. It's, you know, I, you know I've, I've run this race a long time. You can, you, you can do this. And um, so it's just so important. So when the Bible says that we come together like this and we're, we're stirring one another up and we're, we're provoking one another and we're motivating one another and we're encouraging one another. And that is so important. And especially for me, when I was working in the secular world out there before I became a pastor, you know, I needed to get around other believers to, to make myself understand I'm not this nutcase that the devil tries to make me think I am. There really are other people like me that believe in Jesus, that love the Lord, that worship God and do all of those things. So, so when we come together, we, we encourage one another, we, we stir one another up. And, and I, I'm encouraged that someone would get up, you know, wake up, get dressed and say, you know what? I'm going to go to the house of God today and worship with other believers. Amen. That encourages me, even as a pastor. And I know we, we stir one another up. So, you know, people's smiles, you know, the, your personality, the, you know, just getting here and coming here, that's encouraging to, to, to one another. So, um, so the world, see, the world will discourage you, not encourage you. The, the world will try to discourage the church. In John 15, 18, 
Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. So Jesus told us, you know, it wasn't going to be a surprise that we were not going to be liked in the world. That, that's, and if you haven't figured that out as a Christian, you, I don't know what you're doing. The world does not like you. It doesn't like us. It's, it's, it's opposed to Christ. It's like the Bible says, we're living in an anti-Christ world. Not an anti-religion world. The world loves religion. They don't like the fact that we identify with Jesus Christ, that we, we've accepted him as, as, uh, as Lord and Savior. So um, this is why the church is so imperative. We, need, we come together, but we're like an army. We're like a, like a body, you know, coming together, like a family, like we're saying, and we build one another up, and we encourage one another that you can do this. And um, so, see, the enemy's tactic is isolation. That, that's the enemy's tactic, you know, and that's the big thing, the, the big mantra I was against, you know, when we, when we did the, the, the uh, social media stuff. And I know we had to do it for a certain time because of um, the, the COVID thing and all when the churches were shut down. But that's not the church. We, we gather together physically. We touch, we embrace, we lay hands, we do all those things. And the devil just wants to say, just isolate yourself. You know, Jesus loves you. You love God. You know that. Just stay home and you'll be fine. Well, we know that isolation is a dangerous place to be. You know, we, we need one another. We, we, need, we need one another up. So the Lord wants to stir us up today. And, and motivate us and provoke us and um, to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. So I want to look at a passage here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race walked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I titled today's message, Run Your Race with Perseverance. Run your race with perseverance. And, you know, keep, keep running the race. You know, it's really what the Lord, you know, wants me just to, just to, to, to really hone in on today. And, um, you know, all of us at one time or another, we grow weary. You know, we, we grow weary in our uh, physical jobs that we do, our vocations, and we can grow weary as Christians and as believers. But the Bible says in Galatians, don't grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest, the Bible tells us. So that tells me if the scripture says that in Galatians, then somebody was growing weary. If Paul had to say that to the church, someone was getting weary. So it's not wrong to, get, to, to be weary. The problem is we can't stay there. I, I don't stay in that condition. I, 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 get, I, get my, I get myself back up. So, but notice in this verse, these two passages in here in um, Hebrews 12, um, it doesn't just say to run the race. It could have said, let us, run, let us run the race marked out for us. But what does it say? Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. And why does it use the word perseverance? Well, because we're going to encounter difficulty along the way. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be things that are going to try to trip us up. And the Bible says that we don't just run this race. We run the race with perseverance and knowing that we're going to encounter these difficulties. So 
Look at the word perseverance, and this really kind of think adds a lot of depth to what the scripture is saying here. When you look at the definition of perseverance, it's a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. I love that. It says perseverance is not giving up. It is persistence and tenacity. The effort required to do something and keep doing it to the end, even if it's hard. I love that. See, it's, 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 it's pressing through. It's, it's understanding that as you're doing something, it's going to be hard. A marriage. You think, you think of a marriage. A marriage is, is a blessing from the Lord, but marriages sometimes can be difficult. It can, let's just be honest with ourselves. You, you know, you got two people coming together. The Bible says that two become one. That can become a, that can become a challenge. So what do you do? You persevere. You, you, go, you, you go through it. And guess what happens? You get, you get the joy and the benefit and the blessings of the perseverance. Yes. You know, that's, you know, and, and so you, you, any, anything that, that, is, that is good, that is a good endeavor is going to require, is going to require perseverance. So I love that, what, what that says here, you know, to, to achieve something despite difficulties and f- even failure. You know, the devil will try to say, well, you failed. So you're disqualified now, just get out the race. But that's not what God says. We, we get back up. You know, we, we confess whatever it is that we've done, and we say, you know what? I'm jumping back in the ring. I'm going to get back in the race. Amen. I'm persevering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go forward uh, with the Lord. So um, you will encounter obstacles in your race. There, there, there will be opposition. You know, we, you've heard me say this before, uh, especially for new, new believers. Um, you know, sometimes I think, you know, new Christians kind of get caught off guard when it happens because I think they feel like the whole thing's just going to be, you know, an easy road. And it's not. And Jesus told us it wasn't going to be. So that's why you need other people, you know, to spur you on, to stir you up, and to tell you, look, yes, it's tough, but you're going you, you, to make it. And um, so we have to ask ourselves, are you willing to persevere? Are you willing to fight through? You know, and, I, and you can think, even as, even as I'm saying that word, for you as a believer, you can think of different things in your life, maybe something you're dealing with right now, or maybe something in the past that you can say, you know what, you were right. I, I went through a tough time, but you know what? I'm still standing. I'm still in the race. I'm, I'm still pressing on. I'm, I'm, still going, I'm still going forward, you know, for Jesus. And um, so I'm, I'm here to encourage you that you can do this. We, we can do this. If I can do this, anybody can do this. You know, you, 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 you can make this. And um, even if you have fallen or slipped, stand up and get back in the race. You know, just tell, tell Jesus, you know what? You know, I, I, I fell down, I slipped, I was weak, I was whatever. I'm getting back up, and you know what? I'm, go, I'm, gonna, I'm continuing on my race. And that, that is so important for us to get that. So this, these, first, these two verses are really packed with a lot of stuff, and there's really four Four things I want us to look at in this passage that I think kind of gives us encouragement and, and a stirring up, if you will, to, for us to continue to go forward in Christ. So the first one's found here in, the, in verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And the first thing that we see here in this passage is inspiration. And, um, and y'all have heard me say this before, and I joke a lot when I say it, but, but when you see therefore in the Bible, what is it therefore? Right. 
it, there's something that happened before that. It, it, it's a joke, but it's true, that you've got you to take your Bible and go back to the previous passage or the previous chapter or whatever it was. Well, Hebrews 12 is right after Hebrews chapter 11. And if you're familiar with the Bible, Hebrews 11 is the, the one we call the faith chapter, the one that's filled with the reminder of all the faith heroes that, that have gone before us. So the, the Hebrew writer goes through the whole Hebrews chapter 11 and names all of these people, you know, all these mighty men and women of God. And then it gets to chapter 12 and it says, therefore. And now, now the, the writer takes it from those who have done it to, to who? To us. To, to, to those who are, who are fighting the, fighting the, same, the, the same race. So, um, but the reason they give us such imp, inspiration is the opposition that they overcame. And, you know, you read the Bible and you look at the men and women that, that, that plowed through for God. They did it with, with tremendous adversity. There was tremendous adversity, but they, they plowed through. You know, you, you, I think of Moses. Remember Moses leading the nation of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness and how many times did the, did, the, did the Jews, what did they want to do? They wanted to kill Moses. They just, and, and here Moses is all he was doing. He was standing as a servant for God. He was like, God called him and said, I want you to lead my people out of, out of Egypt. Go take them to a, to, a, to a promised land, to a better place. So Moses was just being obedient to the Lord, trusting in God for every word that God had told him. And what did he do? He got opposition from the very people that it was that he was trying to help. But Moses persevered. He, he, he went through. He trusted God at every, at every moment of the way. So, um, you know, if you, are, if you are feeling overwhelmed running the Christian race and you are thinking it's too difficult, go back and read Hebrews chapter 11. If you ever get to a place where you think, you know what, I, I can't do this. It's too hard. Go read Hebrews chapter 11, and I think you'll find it very difficult to identify with anybody in that chapter that, that you could say, I've had it as hard or as difficult as they have had it. And it'll give, it'll give you inspiration. And, um, but, you know, pick the hero that inspires you the most. You know, they mentioned Noah's in there. You know, Noah, the, the ark, it took 100 years. 100 years to build the ark. Noah, Noah persevered that long to build a boat when, when everybody was probably laughing at him and making fun of him. Why are you building this boat? There's not even a place to put the boat where, where the boats can float. And, and, and the Bible says Noah persevered. And, um, but I think of Joseph. You know, Joseph in the Old Testament, um, here he is. He was favored by his father, but he was really, you know, just minding his, his own business. And his, his brothers were jealous of him. And the Bible says they were going to kill him, but then they decided to sell him off into slavery. He didn't do anything deserving of, of what, what he did. He, he, he gets sold off, gets in Potiphar's house, gets raised up, and then he gets falsely accused of Potiphar's wife, you know, saying that Joseph tried to, you know, seduce me or whatever. Really, it was the other way around. She was trying to seduce him. And he was thrown into prison, falsely accused. But Joseph still maintained his trust in, in, in the Lord. He persevered. He could have easily just threw his hands up and said, I'm giving up. It's not fair. It's not right what, what happened to me. But he didn't do any of that. He stuck with the Lord. And we know the end of the story, God blessed him. God raised him up, the second in command, only to Pharaoh. And all of those things happened because, because Joseph um, persevered. So, but this is at the end of Hebrews 11. I just want to read this because I think it's important for us to look at this and be reminded of what the Bible says here. 
This is after it went through the names of people specifically, and then at the end it just kind of gives a, a brief summary of, of others that, that, that fought the race. It says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. And church, we can do this. If they, if they endured that, we can endure the, the American Christian life that God has called us to live here in America. We, we can do this. There's no excuse. There's nothing. I'm not saying we don't receive persecution. We, we do. But do we, see, do we receive persecution anywhere close to that? No. Could, could we? we? We may. And Ray's right. There's other places in the world today that people really are literally, literally giving up their lives for Jesus. You know, I pray that if that ever happened, if that came a choice for me, that I would be willing to do that. That I, I would be like, yes, I'll give my life up. I'll be tortured. I'll be persecuted or whatever it is for the cause of Christ. We, we have to be willing to do that. So, so that, that, that's real, you know, perseverance. So, you know, we're in, we're in, we should be inspired by those who have gone before us. They, 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 they've, laid, they, they've laid a legacy for us to go. But, you know, really, I'm inspired by men and women who are living for Jesus today. You know, especially some of the, the older, older men and older women. And, you know, Lee and I just got back from the Bander Brothers Conference. And, and thank you, Jesus, the conference is filled with all kind of ages from, you know, Brother Rod. I think he's like 82 or 83. And they had, they had young men that was in there. The room's just filled with all different ages of, of men. And I just sit back and I'm inspired by older men who are still loving Jesus today. That they're not just walking the race. They're still running for Jesus. And Brother Rod and Sister Mary, I'm telling you, y'all know Brother Rod and Sister Mary, still got the fire of God. Brother Rod is still, even though he's not overseeing NRP anymore, he still meets every month with local pastors in this region in Louisiana. And, man, he's, he's on the cutting edge of current events, you know, things that are happening in, in our world today. And he's still imparting and pouring into pastors. That 82 or 83 years, whatever, whatever it is, he's still, like, pouring into pastors, and I'm like, man, I want that. I, I, want, I want that spirit, you know, you know that it's in him. And when, when we were at the uh, Bander Brothers Conference, they had some old video that they were showing, and I've told you this before, but Brother Rod met Pastor Keith Tusi at an at a abortion uh, uh, protest. They were, they were protesting for pro-life against it. This was way back, I guess, in the 70s, you know, back when this was, they were on the cutting edge when really the church was being really silent about the issue they had a, the Holy Spirit just welled inside of them to stand up and make a difference and be a voice. And they were probably some of the first ones that publicly protested the, the abortion in, in our nation. But there was an old video that they showed of uh, Pastor Keith Tusi literally being picked up and dragged out where, from the protest being arrested. Like he was like on his back and they were carrying him. And, and you know, this was like, what, 40, 40 years ago, almost 50 years ago. And Brother Rod... Um, was, was the, he was preaching, I don't know if it was in a church or just in a, like a pro-life rally or whatever, but he was a lot younger. And 
I told Brother Vlad, I said, man, you look like Elvis Presley in that, in that. He really did. He was really handsome. I, mean, I told him, I said, Brother Vlad, you look, you look pretty good now. I mean, it's like, he still looks good now, but it's like he was really handsome back then. His hair was real dark and full. And, yeah, that's what he said. He said, my ears were smaller back then. But, but, um, but, but think about that. That inspires me. That these men, think about that. Pastor Keith and Brother Vlad, they're still running. They're still, they're engaged. They're involved. They're not just, you know, they could just sit back. You know, I'm 80 years old. I'll just... I'll just step back and, you know, I've, I've done all these things and I'll just, you know, back out and I won't do anything anymore. No, they're still involved. He's still engaged. He's still pressing in, pressing on. And Pastor Carl, that, you know, that, that, that inspires me. You know, Brother Carl, he's not just walking. He's still running. Brother Carl's running the race still. So, see, that, 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 that gives us inspiration, you know. So, you know, I, I think in some churches, you know, I, I hear pastors say, well, you know, they want to identify a certain age group or whatever in their community or whatever. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. And they want to target that age group, whatever it is. You know what? I want everybody. I want the old people and the young people. I want the, I want the newborn babies and I want the people in the nursing homes. I, I want every age that's in between. Because you know what? I can learn from everybody. I can be inspired by that. You know, so, so look, look at someone that's been serving the Lord for a while and just observe their life. And, and observe them, and, and, and just as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, you know, and, and, and let that be an inspiration, you know, you know for us. And um, then in, in, it says, the next thing here, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So the next thing we see here is separation, is separation here. And, you know, to compete in the Christian race, you must eliminate resistance, you know, just like an athlete, you know, an athlete, when they, you know, if you had a guy that's running sprints or those guys that run those hurdles or whatever, imagine if they, if, if he was a runner and he tied five pound weights or 10 pound weights around his ankles and said, I'm going to go do the hurdle. Or I'm going to go run the relay race or whatever it is. He wouldn't make it. Why? He's, he's weighed down. He's got to be as light, as, as light as he can. You look at those guys, they, 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 they in shape, but they thin, they light. They, 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 have to, they have to run, they have to be ready to run the race. And, you know, Christians, Christians too, who, who try to run the race while holding on to things of the world will get frustrated. You know, we, we, it's like, you know, the Lord showed me that I can't have one foot in the door with Jesus and one foot in the world. Or I can't say, well, you know what, I'm just going to stay in the middle. I'm just going to like, I'm not going to go either, I'm not going to go all in either way. That ain't going to work either. That's called the neutral ground, and that's that. The Bible never talks about neutral Christianity. Either you're all in, or you're all, or you're not in. And so you 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 got to be all in with Jesus. So, but notice what this verse says here. It says, um, "Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles." I think a lot of times when we read this, we automatically assume that it's talking about this, the the things in our life that are sin. But the writer is real specific. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So, you know, when the Bible talks about throwing off everything that hinders, there may be some things in our lives that's not necessarily sin, but it's a hindrance. It, it hinders me. You know, it, 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 you know it, for some of you, it might be m maybe social media. Maybe that's like a, 
And I'm not, social media is not wrong. It's a, it's a platform. It's a, it's a way to communicate, and we use it in our church as a way to communicate with the tabernacle. But, but that can be something that can consume you. you. You know, I know people who say that. They say, I'm just, I'm consumed with social media. I'm consumed with Facebook. I'm consumed with Instagram or all these different Snapchat and all these other, you know, forms of media that's out there. Those things can consume you. So it may not be sin, but it's something that hinders you from serving God or, for de- or from your devotion to, to, to spending time with God. So um, it could be entertainment or recreation. You know, entertainment and recreation, that, that's not sin. But is it, is it becoming so big a part of my life that it's hindering me? It's, it's, um, it's, it's competing for my devotion. It's, it's causing my heart to be divided. You know, and only you can really identify that. You, you know, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, just like I have the Holy Spirit. So you, you hear the voice, like I hear the voice, and, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's kind of like just tapping a little bit. It's like, you know what, you, that's taking t- too much time with that. You know, you could be spending that time reading your word or maybe praying or, you know, whatever it is. So um, think, think of things, allow the Spirit to identify things um, in your life that, that might be hindering your walk with, with the Lord. You know, that's keeping us from running our race. Remember, the, the, the context in which this was written was let us run our race now. There was that, that's what the Hebrew writer was saying is all of these men and women that have gone before us in Hebrews 11, they, they, ran, they ran their race. And it says, let us now run our race. And then he's given these things for us to do, to implement, to cause us to be, to be successful. Um, I thought about this verse that Paul wrote, and it's not, in a, it's not in a screen there, but y'all recognize this. Paul said, everything is permissible for me, but not, but not everything is beneficial. That'll preach. That's a message right there. I mean, think about that. Paul was saying, everything is permissible for me, but not everything I do is beneficial. You know, there's some things that the Lord might say, that's a, that, that I, I, I permit that in your life, but when I think about it, I'm like, you know what? That's not a, it's not it's not a benefit. It's not, it's not an asset. It's not, it's not gaining anything. It's taking away from me. So, again, you've got to use discernment. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to give you discernment and, and, and wise judgment and the decisions that you make in your life and just see we're running a race. Just like a, picture yourself, Paul used the analogy a lot of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an athlete. You know, think, think of an athlete. What does an athlete have to do to his body physically to make him competitive in that race. He's got to be in shape. He's got to do you know, all this. It's the same thing as a Christian. What do I have to do as a Christian to make my life successful, to be competitive, to, to run the race with perseverance? One of the things is you're going to have to you know, let, you know, let go of some things you know, in your life, things that, that hinder you. Um, the parable of the sower, and I, I don't have the scripture on that either, but y'all remember the the analogy that Jesus gave with the former, and he's, he's scattering the seed out there. The seed is the word of God. And the Bible says some fell on the path, some fell along the path, some got in the weeds, and finally some of it actually got on solid ground, on soil, which was, the, which was the heart, which was the good place. But the one that fell among the thorns, he says, the description he gave was they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. That is so true. And I, my, my wife and I, we can look at other people's lives that 
they started the race. They, they, they accepted Jesus. They, they got involved. But for whatever reason, they allowed other things in the world and in their life to choke out Jesus, to, to choke out the word. And, you know, as your pastors, that's what we pray, that you, you finish. See, that's a, that's a pastor. That's a pastor's heart is, um, is that the, the people in his congregation, they make it to the end. They, they endure. They persevere. They, they, they finish the race. And um, so the Bible, see, it's given us these warning signs. You know, look, look at that, you know, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things. Not necessarily sinful things. It doesn't say sin. It says other things. Come in and choke the word. That is just a beautiful description of, unfortunately, what happens with a, with a lot of believers. Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You know, it's like the Bible saying, you know, we were running the race, but, you know, ask yourself, am I, am I still running the race the way I once did? Am I still running or am I, am I limping? <laughs> am, I, am I just, you know, I'm just, I'm walking. I'm, I'm not engaged. I'm not on fire. I'm not, I'm not excited for the Lord. You know, ask the Lord to show you why. You know, you know why is that? What, what is it, God, that's missing in my life that's keeping me from, 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 running, from running this race? Um, the way you've called me to do it. Has anything come in that's hindering your race for Christ? If there is, then throw it off. And I love what the Hebrew writer says there. He doesn't say you have to contemplate it, go to a 12-step program, go, go try to figure out what it is. What does it say? Just throw it off. There was this like, it's like it's not, we, we think of it as like it's going to be impossible to do, and God's like, no, if you've got something, whatever it is, just throw it off. It's like just get rid of it. Just identify whatever it is, you don't, need to, you don't need to be a, you know, a theologian to know that it's sin. You know, the Bible makes it pretty clear what is and what isn't sin. The Holy Spirit comes and just gives that conviction, you know, that confirmation that, yes, you know, that, that's not right for you. So what do I do? Just, just get rid of it. You just, just throw it off and say, you know what, that's not for me. I'm running a race. And I, and I want to endure. I want to I persevere, you know, to the end. So, um, then in the next part here in the passage, it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And the next thing I believe this has shown us is we need determination. We need determination. And I like what it says there, the race marked out for us. And I don't know if you noticed, there's a race marked out for you. Right. You have a race. Yeah. I can't run your race, and you can't run mine. We, we couldn't run Joseph's race. I couldn't run Noah's race. I couldn't run both. They, they ran their race. Now, the Bible says, let us run the race marked out for us. So there's a race marked out for every one of us, the Bible says. And um, so, you know, we are not called to walk. Notice how it says, it doesn't say, it doesn't say let us walk with perseverance. It says, let us run with perseverance. And I've thought about this. You know, somebody is coming to you to give you some news about something, and it's an urgent message is that person just going to like take their time and just walk, just walk up to you and say, so your house is on fire? <laughs> no, what are they going to do? They're going to run. They, 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 they're going to be running to you. I've I got to tell you, your house is on fire. In other words, that, what does it denote? It, running denotes urgency. It, it denotes enthusiasm. And, and it's like, it's, like if I, if, it's almost like saying if I walk, I'm going to stop. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get like stuck. But if I'm running, there's no time. That, there's no time to get stuck. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm running. You see what I'm saying? So I think there's a lot to be said, to, to be said about that. And um, 
So, you know, running means consistency and steadfast, you know, we're steadfast, you know, with the Lord. And, you know, you know, it says, and let us run with perseverance. You know, you run through the trials. You know, my wife and I, we face trials. We face disappointments, you know, letdowns with, you know, things we've gone through with our children and, and when they were teenagers. And even now, we're still, you know, plowing through some things with that. But you know what? We just persevere. You know, it's ne it was never an excuse to say, well, this happened to me or why did it, you know, woe was me and I'm just going to quit. That was never an option. It's like, okay, we, we, we're dealing with these trials. The Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. You know, we're, we're not, we're not, none of us are immune to those things happening to us. There's going to be doubts. You know, I'll tell new Christians this all the time. You know, they, I've even had some new Christians ask, is it wrong to doubt? It's not wrong to doubt, but you've got to figure out what you're doubting about and get it fixed. You see, but it's not wrong. But there's going to be doubts, especially as a new believer. There's going to be questions swirling around, things you don't understand. You're questioning all these things. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be setbacks. There'll be all those things that are going to that, that's going to happen to us, but we persevere. See, we, just, we, 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 we run our race, we run our race with, with, with perse perseverance. And um, 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. See, we run to win. That, that's what we want to do. We, we, we want to win. And how do we win? We've got to make it to the end. Jesus said, he who remains faithful to the end will be saved. That's what Jesus said. So we're running the race, and we want to endure the race, but what do we want to do? We've got to make it to the end, either till I die or till Jesus comes back. I, I, have, to, I have to just be, set, my, set myself like flint. I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm, I'm, I'm going forward, you know, with, 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 um, with, with, with perseverance. And um, so we, we run to win, and so... You know, ask yourself, are you running with determination? Are you determined? Are you just in the motions? You know, we can get, you know, Christianity can become just a, um, not a ritual, but it can almost become just like, almost like automatic. Like, we're just doing it just to do it. Or am I determined? I'm, I'm, de I'm, de I'm determined that I'm going to, I'm fighting through, you know, these crazy thoughts, these, this world we live in, the, you know, maybe family members or whatever. I'm determined. There's a difference. You do it with determination. That, 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 that's, that's perseverance. And, um, you know, ask yourself, are there little things that interfere with my race? Am I taking my race serious? Are you taking it serious? And do I understand the consequences of not finishing? That, that should be enough to motivate you right there. That what is the consequence if I don't finish? That, that, that alone should be enough to, to, to spur us on, to to encourage us to go, to, to go the distance. See, um, those heroes before us, they gave us inspiration, um, but we must exercise determination if we were to run and finish. They were determined. They didn't let anything stop them, the Bible says. And then the next thing in this passage, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the last thing we see here is illustration. And you know, the Bible, the passage begins with inspiration of those who have gone before us. 
But then the, the passage ends with, a, with an illustration of someone that did it, like, a, like, a, like Jesus lived a life, lived a life for us, and Jesus gave us the perfect illustration or example of how to live the Christian life. He, he did that, you know, and, you know, a lot of people might think, well, you know, Jesus, you know, he cheated when he, when he served God because Jesus was God. Well, that's true, but the Bible also tells us Jesus was a man. He was the God-man, the Bible says. So, yes, he was God, but he was also man, the Bible says. And so that's important for us to understand that because he endured the same things that we endure. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Now imagine that. The Bible says that Jesus lived the same life that you and I live in the flesh. But the Bible, and he was tempted in every way that we are tempted but the Bible says he lived a life without sin. That, that's somebody I want to follow. That's an example that I want to go after, that Jesus showed us that you can live in this world separated from sin, and, and you, you, you can run your race. So Jesus is our example. And the, what does it say? It says fix, fixing your eyes on Jesus. See, that's what we do. We, we stay focused on Jesus, not on religion, not on man, don't get enamored by men. Uh, you know, I see that today in, in social media age and podcasts and all these different things. And I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. But, but sometimes, you know, people look at podcasts or they look at these guys that, that can speak really well and have all these catchy phrases like this, and they get enamored with men. I'm enamored with Jesus. That's why I, I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to say I want to be like a man. I want to be like Jesus. So get, follow him. Open up the Bible. Read the Gospels and find out what it was he did, and tell the Lord, I want to be like Christ was. That, that's that's who, I want to, who I want to follow. And what does it say? It says he was the pioneer of Christianity. He started the church. He died for the church, the Bible says. He authored the Christian race, and he finished the race. And he suffered. And he, if we'd have suffered, we would have suffered, we would have deserved that. Jesus was without sin, the Bible says. Yet he was willing to suffer and to be tortured and to be beaten and all the things that, that he did for us um, because he was willing to endure and, and, to run, and to run his race. So that's what the Lord wants to ask us here today is are you running your race with perseverance? And you know, sometimes I think a message like this is almost kind of like needed, I don't know, every quarter or every six months or whatever. It's kind of like a, almost like a wake-up call, you know, kind of like rallying the troops or you know, the, you know, think of pep rallies. Remember when you were in school and the, the, you had the football game in high school and they'd have, a, they'd have a pep rally and all the kids would get together and cheer for your team and say how much you hated the other team and all of that stuff. But sometimes you need a, you need a pep rally. You need a, an encouragement to say, you know, and to kind of a check, check yourself, like, where are you? You know, am I just walking or, or am I running? The Bible says run, run the race. Run your race with with perseverance. Amen? Amen? So praise God. I might have Ray just to come up and just to play, and I got a scripture I'm going to read here that's um, not, not there. And Hallelujah. Paul, Paul said, and you read the, the New Testament, and um, Paul, um, Paul gave up a lot for the gospel. I mean, he says he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was tortured, all those different things. And Paul, like, I don't ever see him flinch one time. 
When I read the New Testament, I never see Paul, I'm never, I never see a scripture where it looks like he's, oh, he almost gave up. I don't see that. But he, he, he endured a lot. But look what he said in 2 Timothy. He said, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And look at this. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul said, I've run, I've run this race. He, he, he did it. He, he, he endured all the, all the things that God called him to do. And the Bible says that Paul says, I have, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So that's, that's what I want you know, to, to be able to tell the Lord, you know, at the end of my life, that I have kept the faith. I finished the race. I, and yes, there was slip-ups, there was bumps, there was hurdles, there was setbacks, all those different things. But you know what? Every time one of those things happened, I got right back up and I got back in the race. I wasn't, I wasn't stopping, I wasn't quitting, I wasn't, I wasn't backing down. Amen. So God is calling us. Look, you, you want to survive as a Christian in, this, in the world we're living in today? You want to survive? You need perseverance. You're not going to make it. Religion's never going to make it in that world today. That, that, that is a hostile, it's a hostile environment we're living in. It's an, it's an aggressive, it's an aggressive, hostile environment. That it, you make no mistake about it. They are opposed to the church. They are against Jesus Christ. You can be religious all you want. They don't care about religion. They don't they care less about religion. They don't want you confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and allowing that to change your life to such a point where you actually live and walk differently than they do. That's They're opposed to that. So it's going to take perseverance to survive. But church, you can do this. We can do this. You're not alone. We, we have the Holy Spirit we have one another to encourage us. Amen. Amen. You can stand to your feet, please.